Right, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk, Old Testament, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. And I like to uh, find books in the Bible that we don't really hear a lot about. Uh, not a lot of messages are done. And Habakkuk is one of those books that we don't really hear a lot of messages on. And so this is more of an uh, overview. Uh, it's only three chapters long, uh, so, so don't worry, we're not going to be long. And I say that so that way if we are long, at least I said it. But if we are short, at least I said it as well. So I'm covered either way, whether I'm long or I'm short. Um, but with everything that's going on today in this world, Habakkuk is one of those books that, whether we realize it or not, applies to today perfectly. Uh, it, it, it fits exactly with what's going on in this society in the U.S., uh, and, and that's why the Word of God is not just a book, it's a living book that applies to every situation, every single time period. Uh, but we really don't know a lot about Habakkuk, honestly. Uh, there's not much given. His name uh, could be two different meanings, the embracer or the wrestler. Uh, and I think both of them are actually seen why both uh, definitions of the name Habakkuk are shown in his book. And like I said, it's only three chapters long. It's not a really long book. Uh, Habakkuk is one of the prophets uh, during the time of Josiah. Uh, he is the prophet, and we think of a lot of times during the Old Testament, there was one prophet during this time. Well, actually, in this instant, Habakkuk is actually one of many prophets that are for Judah. Uh, he's in the same time frame as Jeremiah. Uh, he's referenced only one time in the rest of the book, Bible, uh, his name, and that's actually in Jeremiah. Uh, he's there with uh, Nahum uh, and a couple other prophets during the same time period. So we, we see he's, for, he's on the Judah when the tribe splits, and you have Judah, and you have uh, Jerusalem and Israel on the other side, and Israel and has already been captured and taken away and destroyed. Judah is about to be captured and destroyed by Babylon. Uh, and Habakkuk here is in that time period where uh, it's before Babylon comes into the scene and destroys Judah and takes them captive, and then during like the first attack, the first instance of uh, Babylon attacking. And, and that's what really all we know about Habakkuk. Uh, like I said, there's not much about him, but this little book has more, like I said, has more to do with today than I think most of the other books. And it's one that we don't really read. And I think it would be a good idea this week or, you know, in, during your devotions, just Quickly read through Habakkuk, but we're going to go through it real quickly, uh, just touch on some things, so let's pray and we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to open your word, uh, Lord, and be able to see what uh, 
you have for us. Lord, I thank you so much for uh, giving us guidance, uh, giving us promises from your word that we can trust in you and trust no matter what's going on that uh, you're on the throne, uh, that you're in control and nothing takes you by surprise. Uh, and Lord, that we just need to learn to trust you and that we may not know everything that's going to happen, may not understand why things are happening, but uh, we, we know the end is your victory. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us to trust you be with uh, the lesson, uh, be with my words. I pray that you give me what to say and uh, take away anything I don't need to say. In your name I ask, amen. So chapter one, we're just going to start reading, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear, even cry out unto thee of violence and thou wilt not save? Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Basically, Habakkuk's been praying and pleading and crying to God, listen, Judah is doing evil and doing wrong. There's violence, there's iniquity, there's sin going on. God, are you up there? Are you going to just let this continue? And, and he even says, how long shall I cry and thou, and, wilt, and thou wilt not hear me? God, are you listening? Are, are you there? God, do you see what's going on in this world and, and you're just allowing it to happen? We, we see, like right now, we see this, the riots, the, the, uh, all the, the killing that's been going on. Uh, we, we see all these things going on, and we're praying, God, you know, bring this country back to you. And it almost feels like we're just talking to this. And sometimes you could easily see a lot of Christians, well, God's not even answering. So why do I pray? What's the point? He's not even listening because obviously nothing's changing. In fact, the evil is triumphing as from what we see. And Habakkuk feels the same way. He, he sees Judah going down a path that, listen, we got to get out of this or we're going to be in deep. There, there's no way we can continue going this way and be blessed. Yes, we're, we're still alive. We're still not taken captive at this point. But we can't continue doing this because sooner or later, God's going to have to do something. I don't understand why he hasn't done it yet. In fact, he, he even says the law is slack and judgment doth never go forth. Talk about that situation today. You can go loot stores and stuff and they tell you that's fine because that's your right to protest. I don't know that looting turned into protesting, but today that's how evil becomes good, just like the Bible says. And so he, he's praying, you've got to do something, Lord. You've, are you hearing me? And finally, verse 5, God responds to him. Behold, ye among the heathen, and regard the... Oh, hold on, turn too quick. And wonder marvelously... For I will work a work in your days, which ye 
will not believe, though it be told. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. And he go, God goes on, and basically God says, you, you're a little early, Habakkuk. Uh, I, I, I do have something in place. In fact, I'll let you in on it. I'll let you know. I'm, I'm creating and raising and building up the Chaldeans, which if you read Daniel, is Babylon. Where I'm making them into a great nation to be able to come in and wipe out and take prisoner Judah. And it's almost one of those things where you can see Habakkuk all excited. Oh, yes, the Lord's responding to me. I'm, I'm here. And, and then you can see his, his expression just turned to, oh, wait, what, what's going to happen? You're, you're, you're rising up a wicked, verse 6, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, well, Lord, I, I was just meaning that you take care of the evil people, not wipe us out and take us all. You know, just just take care of this issue that we have. But God says, no, I'm I'm creating and building up a nation. It, it's it'd be like, um, let, let's just okay, we're we're having all this riots and stuff in the U.S. and all of a sudden the Muslims come in and put Sharia law over entire thing. It, it would take care and no more riots, no more anything, but kiss your, all your civil liberties and everything goodbye. And we would go, well, okay, uh, you solved that, but we got a lot of other problems now too. And you can almost see Habakkuk go, ah. It's almost like one of those, be careful what you wish for. He's been praying, God, please, you've got to take care of this issue of all this iniquity. And God says, yeah, okay, I am, and this is what I'm going to do. And we look down verse, Habakkuk comes back into the scene at verse 12. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, mine holy one? We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them for judgment, and, O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore, lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is righteous than he, and makest men as the fish fishes of the sea as the creeping things that have no ruler over them? And he goes on and finishes his, I guess, response to what God tells him, and he goes, wait a minute, God. You're, you're supposed to use them for correcting us. Not destroying us, correcting us. And he almost comes back to God and says, God, I... Maybe you forgot, but your your eyes are pure. You can't even look on iniquity. You you can't be using this wicked nation. We're I mean we're not great, but we're better off than they are. How can you use them to teach us a lesson? You're going to use someone less righteous than we are to make us more righteous. And he almost tells God, "No, you you can't do that. That that doesn't work that way. You can't make." something good by giving it worse things. And in fact, verse 1 of chapter 2, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me 
and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Habakkuk, he feels justified by what he just told God. It was like he was like, oh, God, don't, maybe you forgot, but you can't do it that way. And he feels justified by saying that and kind of goes, all right, yeah, now, 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 now that I reminded you, God, how you can't do it that way, tell me how you're really going to do it. And honestly, he, he feels, he doesn't feel like he's trying to put God in his place, but he feels justified by what he just said, that God's going to come back and says, oh, you know, you're right, I forgot. You're right, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do it this way. In verse 2 of chapter 2, God's, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. God says, I don't care whether you like the idea or not. In fact, you don't know the full picture of what I'm going to do. All you know is this little piece in the puzzle. I told you to write it down. Start writing it down. Because it's going to happen the way I said it's going to happen. And it's going to happen with the Babylonians coming and destroying you and bringing you all under captivity. That's how I'm going to do it. It's not going to happen today. It's going to happen in the future. But you can mark it down because it's going to happen exactly the way I said. Verse 4, behold his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. Sounds familiar? Where, where Paul uses that in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. That's where he gets it from. There's, there's a bunch of different verses. Paul mainly is the one that uses and references back to Habakkuk, but doesn't tell him that's where he got it from. But that, that's where the verse originally comes from. So God basically says, you don't know everything, I'm not going to tell you everything, but you just have to trust me. The just shall live by his faith. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do. Just trust me. You may not understand it. You may not like the way I'm going to do it, but don't worry. Pastor in Ohio always said, if you don't like it, just turn the cat around and smooth it out the other way. It'll be fine. I'll fix it. I'll get it to be the way I want to get it. And then God goes through and finishes. The rest of chapter 2 is God telling Habakkuk, this is what I'm going to do. Whether you like it or not, this is what I'm going to do. And don't worry, I will take care of Babylon. They're, they're not going to be a wicked nation and get away with everything. I'm going to deal with them, but I'm going to use them to take care of Judah. And it clicks for Habakkuk. It finally goes, okay, uh, I don't like it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. But we, he goes in verse 20, the last verse of chapter 2. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Amen. It's almost like it clicks in himself and he tells, he writes it down for all of us, but he's also kind of, Telling himself, oh, I should just 
shut up. It's basically what he's saying to it. It's a reproof on himself, but also, listen, God's in control. Don't worry about it. Keep your mouth shut. Whether you like it or not, God's in control. Whether we like the way things are going, God's in control. He's on the throne. He's going to be the one that comes to the end and knows how it's going to end. We're not the ones that know it. We, we don't know how God is going to use what's going on in society today. But we know that all things work together for good. We may not understand how. We may not understand when, but in the end, we know the ending, that God wins and God gets the glory and God takes care of everything. Doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for things. Doesn't mean It's not meaning that you should keep silence and so don't pray for revival. Don't pray for those things. But it, he's basically saying, don't question God. You don't like the things that are happening in the world? Pray, but don't question him. God's in control. And the last thing is chapter 3, Habakkuk's prayer is probably what it says above on yours. Verse 1, it says, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shiganoth. Shiganoth is basically talking about musical instruments. Right, so, so this prayer is more of a, a song that Habakkuk writes for people to sing. And, and it's, it's almost, if you read the entire chapter, it's, it's a song to be sung when they're in Babylon, when they don't understand what's going on. Why, why are we here in captivity? How, how can God be using this for his good? And chapter 3 is all about, basically, well, verse 2, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Remember mercy. God, I know, I, I, I understand you're going to use Babylon to destroy us and take us captive. But please be merciful when you're doing it. He's begging God, remember mercy. Don't, don't just bring Babylon and wipe us all out. Because God could have just said, enough with you, I'm going to choose a new nation. I'll leave one person, two people, and we'll rebuild. He could have just done that like he did with Noah. But Habakkuk says, please, be merciful when you do let Babylon take us. And then he goes through verse, verse 3 all the way to the 19th verse is about God, what God has done in the past. He starts with getting out of Egypt. And the rest of this is a song about remember, and it's made to be a song so that way while these Israelites are in captivity and they're singing this, they're remembering we were in Egypt, and it was bad, but God brought us out. Look what God did. Look at the miracles and everything that God did for us. The rest of these verses are for giving glory to God, giving praise to God, and giving him uh, 
re, the the times and the instances when God showed himself strong, even though we, the Israelites, had no idea and didn't understand what was going on, God came out in the end, and it was good. And, and the song is made so these men and women, while they're in captivity, can remember that and keep reminding themselves, I know I'm in captivity, and I know why I'm in captivity, but God has a purpose. Your favorite verse about, I know the end. I don't remember the whole verse. The thoughts. Uh, and he was in the same time. I'm going to have to read it. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God's not putting you through just like Babylon or Egypt or you name it. God's not putting you through the furnace because he hates you. He's not putting you through trials and and situations in your life because he wants to see you burn and he wants to see you be mad or that's not the point of why you go through these things and chapter two god basically says i can do it however i want to do it i'm god you don't have to understand it i'm just going to do it the way i want to do it but i'm doing it because i want to see this end i want to see you be purified we you referenced silver or gold when, when you put it through the furnace, and when you're bringing up the dross, like we, you said, silver and gold don't have feelings, but it's not going to be fun going through fire over and over and over and over and over, but it's to get the dross out to make it more pure. The same thing is what Habakkuk is writing about. God's going to put us through something that is not going to be fun, and you may not even be alive when it, the expected end happens. But you just have to trust that there is an end and there is a specific reason why we're going through this, that there's a purifying happening and that we have to, verse 4, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Whether you're the one that gets captured and put right into captivity or you're the one that is born into captivity and dies in captivity, or you're the one that is born in captivity, but you get to see the end and get to be pulled out of captivity, God in Habakkuk is trying to tell you, live by faith. You may not like it. You may not understand why things are happening. And so many times Christians will just, I don't, I, forget it. What's the use? Nothing's changed, nothing's happening, nothing. I'm not seeing anything happen that I'm praying for. Why, why do I pray? Why do I go to church? And they give it up because they, they don't see and understand that there's an expected end that they may not see, but God says, just continue to be faithful. Just continue to do, whether you see the end or not, continue to be faithful and trust the, the, the main 
word, I guess, I'd give for the book of Habakkuk is trust. Trust God and have faith that God's going to have an expected end for you. And whether you understand it or you don't understand it, you don't like it, you, you wish God did it a different way, that's not for us to, to try to reason. And God isn't always going to give us all the answers. Like he told Habakkuk, this is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans, and I'm going to bring them to, to pull you in, to destroy Judah and bring them into captivity. That's what I'm giving you. I'm, I'm giving you a sneak peek of a, a vision of what's going to come. But I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. But you just have to trust that I'm in control, that the Lord is in his high temple. Let all the earth keep silent. We just need to trust that God's going to continue to do his work. And whether we think the law is slacked and the judgment doth never go forth, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth, that's what we see. The little itty bit of span of eternity that we see, it looks like that right now. And, you, and it feels like that right now. But we don't see the big picture. We don't see the, the whole mural that's being painted. We just see this little tiny bit. And I, I really, I, I would say, go through Habakkuk. Read through. Some of it's a little confusing, but... Uh, it took a little while for chapter 3. He's, he's talking about when the Lord showed forth his strength. Uh, there's so many things in Habakkuk. Idols. This has nothing to do with the message, but idols. We, we, you, you asked about how do you talk to somebody that has idols. Chapter 2, verse 18 what profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it? The molten image and a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols. Woe unto him that saith to wood, awake, to, be, to the dumb stone arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. It's just a piece of wood. God's, God's saying that you can, and he brings this up because he's trying to teach, don't, don't run to these things. You, you may see in this time of, well, God's not answering me, so I'm going to start praying to this. And Israel seems to be really good at turning to everything else when they don't get instant access and instant answers from God. And God's saying, don't do it. They're dumb. They're, it means not speaking. In English, they're dumb. There, there's nothing to it. So I, I, Habakkuk's a little book, but it has a lot of stuff. There probably, and honestly, there probably isn't a darker time, and I, I have to read it because it sounded really good when I typed it up. There has probably never been a darker and more public evil time than there is today. When our hearts begin to fail us with fear, 
or we start wondering if God is going to do anything, it is time we turn back to this small book of Habakkuk and read his message. It tells us that God is still on the throne, and despite it all, God's wise and loving purpose cannot be changed. God still wins in the end, and we can rest in this, no matter what is going on around us. So that's Habakkuk. Did I make it short? Kind of. Habakkuk, and that's, that's why God put the little books in the Bible for a reason. Habakkuk was given this for a reason and preserved this for us to read. So I challenge, read the little books. They're really packed with a lot of things. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for being here tonight, Lord, to be able to uh, use your word to be able to see that no matter what, you are still in control. And Lord, you use some little-known prophet Habakkuk to be able to tell us that you're on the throne and nothing else matters, and we don't have to be fearful, we don't have to be scared or afraid, and we don't have to question how you're doing your work, Lord, but we just have to believe that uh, your, your end is going to happen. Pray that we, we trust you and, and continue to uh, show others that we don't have to be afraid and fearful like the world does, that unsaved people that have no hope have to be afraid of things. We, we don't have to be that way. I pray that we uh, tell them how they can as well be on a solid rock and, and be able to have faith and trust and hope. We thank you again for all that you do. In your name I ask. Amen. If you feel like you need to. So as the piano plays, the invitation is open. You can come.